Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by Jordan Climac. Jordan, it's a happy, happy day because Nick Chubb is going to be a Brown for at least a few more years. Yeah, finally, man. I, I was waiting on it. You know, it's funny because I'm going to have to eat some crow eventually here because I think I was on here a couple podcasts talking ago like, oh, it's going to be Baker Mayfield and it's going to be soon and we're going to be doing, you know, a, a podcast soon on the Baker Mayfield contract extension. I thought he was going to be the first thing, kind of the first piece of the puzzle to fall. Didn't work out that way. It ended up being Chubb. But yeah, and, and here's the excitement as well, Henry. It's not just the fact that we're going to have Nick Chubb for so long, but a good, smart deal where he's making about 12 million a year as the highest paid running back in the AFC North, but it's not too crazy of a price for Nick Chubb. So I am absolutely here for this move. Well, yeah. And that's why I made the case with Baker that I didn't think a deal was going to get done is for an extension to happen. And it has to make sense for both sides, right? Like if I was Baker, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, am I really going to take a discount if I'm the Browns? Okay. Do I want Baker if it's not a discount? In this case with Nick Chubb, you're thinking, okay, the running back market, you know, clearly one of the best guys, but it's not a great market. So, like, is he really going to, you know, take an offer? And ultimately, the range that he did, I mean, let's be honest, Jordan, this feels like a freaking steal. I mean, that was my takeaway is this deal got done. And I think the reason it got done was Nick Chubb, you know, was interested in staying in Cleveland and and took a, a deal that I think is an underpay for him personally. Oh, without question it is. I mean, you can make the argument that he's the best running back in football. So for him to be have him at this dollar figure is, is pretty crazy. But I think it kind of just goes into the person that Nick Chubb is, right? Like we see him as this humble, modest, quiet type guy. And I felt like for some reason, if there was going to get a deal done, it was going to be, you know, something that we look back on like, man, I can't believe we got him at that price. And that's exactly what happened. So I, th- I think that in a couple of years, we're even going to be looking back on this deal. Like, do you remember that fact that we got Nick Chubb to that extension? I almost liken it to, you know, Jose Ramirez with the Indians. We keep it local for our, our Cleveland listeners. But he he signed a contract extension after the World Series. That was like, how, how did – it's like, well, why would you sign that contract? <laughs> and, and, you know, it turns out he's on this team-friendly deal for years to come. And that's kind of exactly how it is for Nick Chubb, man. So it, it keeps the door open for a Denzel Ward extension. Uh, Baker Mayfield extension, certainly. But I think this might even keep the door open for Wyatt Teller extension. And that's one guy that we were thinking maybe might be on the outskirts if the re- these other three guys end up, you know, with big paydays. Yeah, and with the Chubb extension, you know, he's got an injury history. I, You know, maybe he's thinking long-term security. Because here's the thing. It's like, yes, Chubb clearly loves Cleveland. He mentioned it in his press conference afterward. Uh, you know, Cleveland's where he, he said Cleveland's where he wants to be. But, you know, we usually when when fans suggest that, hey, this player should take a hometown discount, I'm like, yeah, that's easy to say when it's not your money, right? Like, and usually that doesn't happen because players want to get paid what they're worth. And, you know, it's pretty simple. Like, you relate it to your own job and you're like, yeah, I mean, I love my job, but I want to get paid what I'm, you know, I think I'm worth. And so that's typically how it goes here. But, man, Nick Chubb just doesn't seem like, you know, that was his primary focus. And, and ultimately, look, it's three years, $36 million. So $12 million a year. 12.2, I think, is what I saw as the average annual value. That puts him sixth, just ahead of Aaron Jones, just below Derrick Henry. And 
I made the case, you know, I thought, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Kamara should be above him in the rankings in terms of running backs, just because of what they do from a receiving perspective. Like if you want to talk pure runners, I think Nick Chubb is right up there for the best in the league. And those guys are, are getting like 16 million or so, I think each, but then you look like Ezekiel Elliott got over 15 and yeah, that's the all, big one. I mean, and Nick Chubb is again, going back to that, that pure running, he's averaged the most yards per carry. For any running back since he came into the league, he averaged 10 yards a carry in the fourth quarter last year. Like, in terms of pure runners, like, this is the guy. So, not only did he not set the market, he didn't even really set the market for kind of, like, what he is in terms of a pure rusher. Like, he he just kind of slotted right in kind of amongst the trees, which is pretty unusual for an extension, which is why, I mean, it, this just feels like a home run. I don't really see how this is. A, you can look at this and say it's a bad deal unless you're one of the type of people that just is, you know, never pay a running back no matter what. And I just think at some point you have to look at a deal and say, hey, this is super reasonable. Like you're not going to not retain one of the best running backs in the league at this price. Yeah, exactly. It's funny there because I did see that, you know, of course, I saw those people. They were on Twitter. They were on social media. The, the uh, don't pay a running back crew. And it's look, every situation is different. It's a certain type of running back that you don't pay. Like, look, Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of this offense. He's, he's what's going to make this offense move. You know, we know how, how they feature the play action pass and how good Baker is on that and, and how all of that is set up off the running. game. we talk about the marriage of run and pass game. Well, it starts and ends with Nick Chubb. So his value goes beyond just being able to run the ball and, and catch the ball, which he's, he can still do, be a little bit better at catching the ball back. But then again, you have Kareem Hunt to do that. But it really is. It's, it's a glorious day for, for Cleveland to have Nick Chubb here for a while. And Henry, I think there's a legitimate chance. I mean, this might be a bold statement to say right now, but I think that there is a legitimate chance that when it's all said and done and Kareem, or excuse me, Nick Chubb hangs up his cleats and calls it quits, that we could be looking at him as the best running back in Brown's history. And Jim Brown was in, you know, part of the Brown's history, but if the Brown's gone a couple the Super Bowl run here, if they become the team that we expect them to be with this young core Nick Chubb is that guy on offense that makes it go for year in and year out. I mean, that is a cert- certainly a possibility that at some point we're going to be saying, hey, this is the best running back in franchise history, and you got him on a nice deal. It might be wishful thinking. It might be. Yeah. But it's still possible. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I don't think I'm going to go that far. There are, right. <laughs> there are but, but, uh, Jim Brown was pretty special in, in, in that. I think Nick Chubb's got I'm a little way to go people, there. The people but, and athletes are more impressive now today than they were back in the you know, 60s and whatnot. Just that's all I'm saying. Nah, I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Again, not going to go that far personally, but you are talking about a guy that, you know, is on a, a career path that, that is elite, you know, running back type stuff. And, and yes, we know running backs don't last forever, all that stuff, but, this deal is three years. It takes him, you know, right through, you know, what you would expect to be his prime years. Maybe you get another, you know, contract after this for a couple of years and, and boom, there's your career with Nick Chubb. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I was just – the fan of me wanted them to retain Nick Chubb. The analyst in me thought, boy, this could look really bad. And it turned out that it, it didn't look really bad. So now it's just I'm just left with the fan of me that's super happy. Here's the thing real quick, and, and, and you said this point, and I wanted to kind of elaborate on it. You said that, you know, running backs, they don't last that long, and I agree with that. Like, think about someone like a Derrick Henry, who I think you uh, mentioned earlier, he's making more money than Nick Chubb is. 
this guy that's taken a beating. And I, I know he's a, he's a big guy. He's one of the biggest guys you'll ever see in your entire life. But he has taken a beating over there. They don't have anyone in Tennessee to take that load off of, of Derrick Henry from a running standpoint. The Browns have that, right? Like, I, I'm not too worried about Nick Chubb running and being run into the ground or anything along those lines because we know that Kareem Hunt, and I think he's only going to get more acclimated in the offense. I think Kareem Hunt's going to be that guy who's, or, you know, he's going to be around seven to 10 carries a game. So if you can keep Chubb around like the low twenties, high teens, I think that you're going to be able to preserve him for years to come. And I think that's something that a lot of people haven't thought about and talked about as well when it comes to this deal. Yeah, that's a great, that's a good point. Like I've seen some arguments. Well, the Browns already invested in Kareem Hunt. So now, yeah, Chubb's not, you know, paid a ton, but you've invested a lot in the position, but when you look at how often these guys are on the field, you know, between the two of them, pretty much one of them's on the field every time they can play together. And as you said, they complement each other nicely, both in terms of yes, taking the load off one another, but you can also see, uh, you know, the freshness that comes from them in the fourth quarter where it feels like these guys can't be tackled. You can see hunt has some skills that I think Chubb is still missing and vice versa where they just, they're a perfect complement in every way. So retaining the duo makes this offense it's just scary and I think the Browns are also doing a smart job of investing in the places that make sense for them as a team schematically right you mentioned this at the top this is a run first offense like this whole you know tree of new coaches you know the Shanahan's the McVay's Stefanski they all key off the run game first and use play action and we've seen how successful Baker Mayfield is off play action so not only are they retaining a top talent but he just fits in perfectly with what this team wants to do going forward Without questions, it's the perfect fit. I think he's the perfect guy. He's kind of just embodies the city. Like he's just a quiet guy, works hard, gets the job done. And it's perfect, man. I'm ready to go. Nick Chubb, 24. Let's go. Let's get the season started, man. And that reads right into training camp as well, Henry. Um, just seeing these guys, like seeing everyone back together. You know, I've seen all the pictures on Twitter about, you know, hey, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt standing next to each other, chopping it up. Odell, Jarvis, all those guys. See everyone back in Berea. Everyone coming out for on Twitter in support of Nick Chubb after he got that deal done. I'm just ready to go, man. It, it is certainly great news to, to come out of, of the start of camp, for sure. Let's, let's transition to some, some less great news. There has been some injury stuff that has come out of camp, as there always is, of, of course, Jordan. But I think the, the most significant one is Anthony Walker. You know, the middle linebacker for the Browns, they really don't have a, a great option behind Walker, I'd say. He goes down with a knee injury, MRI comes back, nothing that's going to require surgery. But Stefanski said he's out a week plus. There was some reporting he might return before the end of training camp, which sounds like he might not return before the end of training camp. So, it's looking like, like Anthony Walker avoided anything disastrous, but also is going to be out here, you know, missing some prep time ahead of the season. When, as I talked about on Friday, Jordan, when you were unable to make it, you know, he just got named the signal caller of this defense, and now he's going to miss significant time. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's bad news, but kind of blanketed by good news, and, and however you want to take that, but that's just being the, the fact that he's not going to need surgery. I think that's the big thing here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it sucks, right? Because to your point, who's, who's, that, who's that guy going to be? Who's that guy going to have to be if he's not ready for week one? 
And you talked about that as well. Like he's learning a new system this year. He came over, this is his first year in the team. If he's not able to be here for training camp, or maybe he comes back for the last couple of practices of training camp, like, is he really going to be acclimated enough in this defense to your point, be that signal caller and trust him week one against that Kansas city defense all of a sudden, that looks pretty questionable already as we stand here right now. So who's that guy going to be? I don't even know who that guy's going to be. I guess we're going to have to find out over the majority of training camp who that guy's going to be to Phil Walker. Well, and I think that lends itself to the conversation in general about what's going on in that linebacker rotation because it feels like that position group is really the one that's most up in the air, actually. You know, we talked about defensive tackle potentially being one of those, but it seems like the guys at defensive tackle who came in as the presumptive starters are, are locked in. It seems like they're performing well. Everybody's raving about them. You know, Andrew Billings and, and Malik Jackson. The linebacker position has been all over the place. JOK, of course, was out with the COVID uh, absence to start training camp. He just came back today. Mac Wilson was the one that was a starter on day one of training camp. You know, we, you and I, you were more right because you had Taki Taki in there. I had Jacob Phillips in there. We both had JOK in there. It turns out it was Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, and Walker. So it seems like this linebacker rotation is all over the place, Jordan. Uh, and I'm not sure quite what to make of it. Hopefully JOK can come in and make an impact because they may need him sooner than they they, they were ready to rely on him. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, obviously him being a rookie, too, it sucks that he missed was able to miss significant time. I mean, at the beginning here when everyone's kind of just getting their feet under them, but you know, I think there'll be enough time for JOK to, if he can stay healthy, kind of get acclimated in this defense. The thing that's been interesting to me, Henry, is the Matt Wilson piece of this, because you and I both agreed you were more bullish on it than I was that Matt Wilson could be that, you know, training camp cut. Um, that's kind of surprise cut, if you will. I, I've heard all good things about Matt Wilson so far. I think he had a rough First day, and we had an interception of Baker today, and I was able to see that video on Twitter. He made a nice play on the ball. I think Mac has, has been um, pleasantly surprising so far. I mean, again, I think we're it's only the fourth or fifth practice that we've had, but I mean, just talking about early takeaways, I think Mac has actually been, I don't want to say impressive, but he's been better than we expect in that linebacker. But to your point, it's just there's so many questions there and so, so much time left in training camp to figure this out, but they are going to need to figure it out quick because you need to figure out who's going to be on that first team, who's going to get majority of the reps and how those guys play together. And it seems like that's yet to be determined. You're right on Mac Wilson. It, at least that's what the reports are. You know, I obviously haven't been on, on the field, but everybody I trust the, the team, you know, or, or is associated with training camp is saying Mac Wilson has looked good. And look, there were reports that he was injured last year. May, and, and you never know how much of that is, you know, a guy trying to, you know, explain his, his play or how much of that is true or, you know, it's usually somewhere in the middle, but right. you can never tell. Maybe – and maybe that he really was hurt and that was the reason for his poor play and he got healthy over the offseason. I mean, I, you certainly wouldn't question Matt Wilson's work ethic. The guy has always been known as a worker. He's got the body type too. It's just been the play has been missing for me, but maybe he can step in and fill a need. And he really may have to play a lot because we've been talking about the linebackers the whole time. Well, you might think the obvious solution is, hey, the Browns are going to play three safeties a lot. Well, Ronnie Harrison's also been hurt throughout training camp. That's the other injury the Browns have had. A hamstring for him where he hasn't practiced in a couple days. You hope that's not anything serious and they're being precautionary, but 
uh, you, you know, hamstrings are tricky. Everybody knows those soft tissue injuries can linger throughout camp. And so that's another piece of this is it's not like, hey, we can just get away with playing two linebackers a lot because Ronnie Harrison, your third safety, also looks like he's going to at least be missing a, a lot of reps of this game. Yeah, it's tough. And I, I don't know which, you know, how much you um, lend credence to the fact that this is just, you know, the first couple of days of practice and you could take it back to like, you know, the high school days, the first couple of days of two days, like you don't, you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, you kidding me? My body is just wants to sleep. I'm so tired. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's a lot of just that, like these kind of just little kind of tic-tac injuries, if you want to call them, just kind of sting ups at, at the beginning. I don't know if it's that, but you know, Henry, there's a reason why I've been on this podcast for a couple of weeks now, just praying to God that we stay healthy. Like I've been signing off with just stay healthy through training camp because that's the one thing that can hold us back. That's the one thing Like you took look at a team like the Indianapolis Colts right now. I mean, they're dropping like flies there. Quentin Nelson, like Carson Wentz, these foot injuries, like those things can happen. And it seems like when they happen, Henry, it's not just one guy. It's just boom, 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 one after another. So the Browns really have to avoid that situation this offseason. I don't know how, like, I wish I could sit here and be like, Hey, there's, you know, strict way, there's strict plans, there's strict dietary things things you can do from an athletic training standpoint, but I don't know what those are. Like I can't sit here and say, do this, do this, do this, stay healthy. I don't think there's a playbook on that. I think it's almost just kind of a luck thing and we got to hope that luck's on our side. Well, and injuries are going to happen, right? Like there's no way to avoid that. And at least the Browns have avoided anything that looks catastrophic, you know, going back to the Anthony Walker news and, and you know, so far, you know, there's, you know, it's only been five or six days of, of camp now at this point, but, you mentioned it. There's been worse situations around the league, you know, starting with Carson Wentz, but there's been a few of them. So, you know, the Browns have at least avoided that so far. And, you know, to turn this to a positive note too, Jordan, you know, the Browns have had a lot of guys sitting, you know, taking uh, intentional rest days, you know, Grant Delpit's OPJ, OBJ, et cetera. That's made some room for some guys to get some reps. And it's there's been a bunch of people – that it sounds like have, have outperformed or have caught eyes in training camp so far for the Browns. I feel like maybe it's just me because I've been studying it more because I can't be there, but it seems like more, more and more names are, are, are coming out of the woodwork in Browns camp so far. What have you heard as far as a name or, or two that's been impressing so far among, uh, you know, those that have been there at camp? Are you looking for like an under the radar name or just like an in general name, just someone who's in, in general, in okay. general there, I think there, you know, we already talked, touched on Mac Wilson. Like, I don't think he's under the radar, but, but he's, a, you know, a, a key name to the team. So there's three names. I'll start with the two on defense that I've just heard, you know, I haven't been at practice yet. I'll be, I'll be there on Friday. Um, but, you know, just talking with people that are there every day and, and you know, having, you know, having guys that guests on the show and, and all that and, kind of just get a good feel for who is everyone's talking about, who the Browns are, are talking about as who are they promoting. The guy that first jumps out, Henry, is Jadavion Clowney. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything other than he's just been incredibly disruptive on the defensive line. It looks like him and Miles have been a handful for this offensive line to deal with. We're talking about an offensive line that, you know, has been consistently ranked as the number one unit throughout the offseason, whether it be your various platforms of an ESPN uh, you know, CBS, a pro football focus. Like a lot of these guys had the Browns offensive line as a, a number one or top three unit in the NFL. And to see Jadavian Clowney and what he's been able to do with Jack Conklin, who again was the number one ranked right tackle or pro football focus last year, how he's just having his way with him. And then on the other end, Miles Garrett is freaking havoc. So if you can have those guys 
dominating the edge as they have so far. I mean, that's exact. That's a dream scenario. That's until you dream of. That's what you hoped of when you heard the rumors of Jadega and Clowney, and then it became a reality. So to see him as the kind of guy that he's. That's where the conversation starts when you talk to these guys around the Browns beat who are there at practice every day. It's Clowney looks crazy. Like that's the first thing you hear. The other guy on the defense that I'll switch it over to is Jordan Elliott. I know you mentioned Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings, and I've heard good things about those guys too. I've heard good things about Malik Jackson in particular all off season, really. But Jordan Elliott has been really impressive. And I guess the coaching staff has been hitting and kind of going out of their way to mention how um, he's progressing as well. Of course, the rookie from last year who missed time out of Missouri. I think that he's going to be a guy to look out for Henry. I, I said on a previous podcast, I, I picture rotation of those three guys, of Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings, and Jordan Elliott. I think that's becoming more of a possibility and a, and a likelihood. But Jordan Elliott, Jadavion Clowney, those are the two guys on defense. The one guy on offense that I've heard about, and I don't even know if it's necessarily from a, like he's, he's catching eyes because he's playing so good, but just kind of catching eyes for how the Browns are using him. And, and kind of that Swiss Army knife role, and that, that being the rookie, Dimitri Felton uh, from, from UCLA. Uh, I've seen that he's gotten some carries, and the main thing is he's lining up at wide receiver. Browns have had him in the slot a lot. And this is a guy like an Anthony Schwartz who can dominate with speed. You know, uh, Felton is a guy that I think a lot of people look at as the future kick returner, pump returner of this team. So if he's that guy and you're lining him up at the slot, you're doing it for a reason. It's because you think that he can dominate in the open field and kind of get open over the middle. So it'll be interesting to see how that is. But those are kind of the three guys that I've heard a lot about when just talking to people about Browns and who's impressing at training camp so far. I've heard the same things about Clowney. Everybody that's at camp basically has said, hey, he'd have 20 sacks so far. Yeah. Like, no doubt. Like, if Clowney could hit Baker, like the Browns would be in trouble, uh, as, which is correct, which is exactly what you're looking for. You know, with Clowney, I think there, you know, the, the question with him is health. Uh, I, I think, you know, you, you can see the potential there, but he's been banged up a lot. Uh, and it's good to see that at least right now, he clearly is coming into this season healthy. He had injuries last season. So for him to be healthy and looking good at the start of the season is a huge positive indicator for the Browns. It's interesting you mentioned Jordan Elliott because I surmised that, that he might contend for one of those starting D tackle spots. And maybe it makes sense to rotate him and Jackson out, given the sense that Jack, you know, given that Jackson is a veteran who, you know, probably doesn't want to play a massive number of snaps. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm super high on Jordan Elliott. I loved what I saw out of, out of him at the college level. I'm really excited to see what he can do for the Browns this year, too. The name I heard on defense that I thought was interesting, you, you know, you pretty much covered everybody else that I was going to talk about, but I want to bring up one more name. And this is a guy that I know nothing about. And that is AJ Green, the corner. The reason, though, I bring him up is I think he it could be a really interesting piece if he can slide in a, as a backup corner. I'd be surprised if he, you know, he really competed for a starting job, but if he can make the team, Again, that provides more depth for a secondary, you know, at the corner position where we're worried about injuries. To have a guy, you know, that you could feel okay about back there is huge because those guys are really difficult to find. I mean, you saw it last year with the Browns when, when you know, Denzel Ward and, and Gritty Williams were out is they clearly did not have a lot of faith in the guys they were putting out there. You know, no offense to Robert Jackson, but they were playing way MJ off. Yeah, they, you know, those, those kind of guys, they were just, they were playing way off. They weren't contesting anybody. 
there's clearly no faith from, from the, the, the coaching staff that those guys were going to be able to compete at the NFL level. I don't know if Green's going to be that guy, but I've just heard, like, it, it feels like every day somebody's like, oh, Green made this great play here. He made this great play here. And, you know, Greedy Williams actually started day one of training camp as the starter over Greg Newsom. You know, who knows how much of that is just the incumbent versus the rookie kind of thing. But, I, you know, you just – you never know with these guys. All three of the Browns' top corners have injury history. So if they could find a fourth guy that's a little bit of a gem, that, that's intriguing to me. Uh, interesting that you would bring up AJ Green. I've heard a little bit, uh, some of the same, Henry, that he's been pretty impressive early on in camp. Uh, a little background on undrafted guy last year. Um, I actually met him in person last year. He came to the studio for an interview. Really good guy, sharp guy, um, knows his football. Uh, like I said, undrafted last year. The Browns were high on him last year, and they were kind of devastated when he went down last year with that injury. They could have used him, to your point. I mean, the Robert Jacksons and the MJ Stewart's of the world that were something they could have used with DJ Green. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see how he fits into this cornerback room because of the depth there with, you know, Troy Hill, Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward. Like those are your three guys that you're going to want to count on from a um, just football standpoint. And again, health will play into that as well, but it'll be interesting to see if he, uh, you know, how he fits into that. But Henry, also you mentioned Greg Newsom and shame on me for leaving him out of this conversation because everything that I've heard and I've even seen some video so far, like he is as advertised and he has been disruptive. He's been physical. Um, he's had, you know, he's, I, he's made a couple of plays on some passes by Baker. Like everything that you would have hoped that Greg Newsom is and can be, I think he has been early on in training camp. And you, you can only assume that's only going to get better as he gets more acclimated to the defense. And we keep going here, but got to make sure that we mentioned Greg Newsom, Newsom as well, because Everything like people are uh, like their eyes light up talking about Greg Newsom right now. It's it's funny. I saw I saw some some positive headlines about Greg Newsom, and then I saw you know our our mutual friend Eric Crocker tweet out uh, actually something you know from when we had him on this podcast because somebody tweeted at him, "Hey, give me all the Greg Newsom hype," and he tweeted out uh, a video from from this podcast where he talked about Newsom and how he thought he was the most scheme versatile corner and the best corner in the class and. You know, I, I mentioned this before when it looked like the Browns were going to draft him and then when they did draft him, but whether or not Greg Newsom lives up to the hype of, of a first-round pick, like, Browns fans are going to love the way Greg Newsom plays. I promise you that. As somebody who watched Met Northwestern, the dude plays super physical, and he tries to contest everything. Now, you can get burned that way. You can draw penalties that way, all that kind of stuff. But, like, this guy – fits the tough, you know, tough mentality of Cleveland Browns football. Like he is going to bring that. I guarantee you that like he plays a super physical brand of football for a corner. And I'm not surprised that that ha has caught some eyes in training camp because it pops off the screen when you watch him play. It always has. Yeah. I'm so excited to see him. And like you talk about the physicality, that's exactly what this cornerback room and this defense in general needs so they really have, like, like, look at you're probably your two, well, I guess John, you throw John Johnson in there as well, but your three probably biggest defensive acquisitions uh, of the offseason would be Jadevian Clowney, John Johnson III, and Greg Newsom, in my opinion. And for two of those guys to be the guys that we just highlighted as the two guys that are jumping out, standing out early on in training camp, Henry, I think that puts us in a pretty good place. Injuries aside right now, where the Browns at, are at, just evaluating them as much as you can evaluate them after four or five practices of their development. It's huge. And, you know, I would say on the whole, you know, 
six days through camp, it's it's a lot of good and, and very little bad so far. And, you know, it's with a guy like Baker, I'm not really reading too much into like QBs one way or the other, but basically it seems like every day when I read the training camp, like summaries from Jake Trotter or, or, you know, from somebody who's been there, they're like, Oh, Baker was sharp again today too. So, you know, all, you know for the most part, a, I guess the defense had a really good stand in the red zone. I think they were doing a red zone type run. I guess he was oh of seven or something like that, trying to get into the end zone. But I think that was more speaks of to how just locked in this defense has been more than Baker. Cause to your point, I, it's the same thing, right? Like Ron, it seems Ron's practice at two twenty five every day, Eastern time. Right. So every, like, Every day you log on to Twitter at 225, it's like six looking sharp again. Baker throwing darts. Like <laughs> That's been the conversation every day. But I, I had to get in that below over seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see that too. I saw that too in the in the training camp notes today as well. So, hey, it's, it's a battle both ways. But, yeah, all, all good and exciting stuff so far for the most part. And as we said, disaster for the most part avoided. And the big news, of course, is, is the Chubb extension. So we'll see, you know how many other Browns extensions come through. Andrew Barry said they don't have any hard and fast rules about, you know, taking extension talks into the season. Uh, yeah. He basically said they're flexible one way or the other. So plenty of time for all of that still to come to Jordan. And I must say, I, you know, while we're, well, while we're here too, part of the, you know, we, we mentioned we were going to come with training camp updates every day. Yeah, right. I was the one that somewhat ruined that Jordan. I will take responsibility. So I moved over the, the weekend after doing the first two, and my internet in my new place is not working. So I'm currently doing this for my phone. Sorry to the listeners if my audio doesn't sound very good, but Xfinity still hasn't fixed my internet. So I've been without internet working from Starbucks every single day here. So you know what's we funny about that, this- The fact yeah. that I, at the bottom is about, man, about two months ago now at this point, I moved into my new place and had that same exact issue where I didn't have internet for like five days. So hey, hey what goes around comes around. <laughs> It does. It does. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come to, with updates as much as we can uh, listeners, but yeah, you can blame me for now. Xfinity says they're going to fix my internet on Friday, which is still three days away and not really helping me, but oh well, we're, we're doing the best we can. Thankfully this is in the in training camp. There hasn't been any disasters. It's all good news so far. So didn't well, have to quick, break out any emergency episodes. Real quick, by the way, before we sign off, we have to mention today was the first practice in pads. So it's full go now, man. Like football is here. College football is like less than a month away. Like it's full, like I finally feel football season coming. I mean, it all starts with that first day and you know for practice when you're in pads. Like finally feel it. You hear the crack of the pads cracking and football right around the corner. Let's go. We're close, we're close. It's been a long battle, but we're close. Yeah, there was having real highlights today where there right. was actual like pads. What was quite yeah, I. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm one of those people who just watches everything. Like I, I got stuck on my phone today where a point, there was a point where I was like, all right, I got, I got to like, I got to shut down Twitter because I am just watching every single bronze video that's coming out of the camp right now. And I got to stop. Get a little so emotional I'm, there. It's so, it's so great to see you got to everything. Let's go. I'm like rewatching them like three times, you know, what did Mac Wilson see that? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> on that note, bronze fans, we will sign off for this episode. It's a good time to be a Browns fan. Nick Chubb's going to be here for a long time. My personal favorite player to root for. So until next time, Browns fans, just two words for you. Go Browns.